Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. Being here, and um, Kelly and I have a message that we're about to give right now. And obviously, it's hard to be a mom. Look at Lenya wants to be with mom already, but she's gonna preach today. Yeah, I'm good. Making it happen. Let's do it. Um, you know, I just I want to talk just just briefly about. Uh, of course, today is is Mother's Day. Which, by the way, side note, Mother's Day was established by a Christian mom, mm-hmm. by a Christian woman, and she loved her mom so much, and she was like, I, I want to celebrate my mom, and so she went to the church, and she convinced the pastor, and it became a movement. And then it eventually got to the president. Yeah. So don't, don't despise small beginnings and don't miss out on the dreams God has for you. And she was a woman who feared God. Mm-hmm. So that's why I love to celebrate moms. And it's the second Saturday, Sunday of every May, every year. Every year. And I love that we get to serve and to, and to praise the moms in the room and the moms in our lives. So can we give it up for the moms this morning? Come on, moms, you deserve it. You know, there's, there's something powerful about a nurturing mom. There's, there's something powerful about a loving mom. And, and, and I know my mom is, is with Lenya right now, but if, if I could say this to her, I would say, Mom, thank you for, for sacrificing your career. Hmm. My mom sacrificed her career. She wanted to be like a dentist assistant. She wanted to do the whole dentist thing. And she chose with my mom and, 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 uh, her, and my dad, they chose to say, you know what, we're, we're going to stay home. You're going to stay home. That was a decision they made. And so she sacrificed a lot. You know, if you know my mom, she likes working out. She likes staying busy. She likes doing her thing. But that, she was, her number one job was to raise her four sons. Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful that my mom said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to be selfless. I'm going to give up the things that I want so that I can serve my four boys. Yeah. And so I'm so grateful for a nurturing, a serving, a loving, and a gentle mom. So yeah. the title of this conversation then is The Heart of Servanthood. Absolutely. The Heart of Servanthood. And if I could add a subtitle to that, to that everything that Sam was saying hints to what this subtitle is, and it is A Mother's Surrender. A mother's surrender would be the complimentary title. And what that means in my head is just naturally, moms, we're here to honor you and celebrate you today, but it is hard being a mom, yes. It is hard. You can acknowledge that from people who have moms, those who are moms, those who are dreaming of a mom, being a mom, those who are even trying to become a mom, and they're being met with difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. Sometimes it is not the way that you envision it, but the process requires surrender. It requires a selflessness. It requires, even from the moment that you do get the miracle gift and blessing of motherhood, it changes the way you live life. It changes the foods you eat. It changes if you work out all the time, the way you work out is going to look a little different. The way you go about your life looks different. Even conversations that you have with people look different. It's not about just you anymore. The dreams, the aspirations, the desires of your heart, it is now shifted and pivoted to a, I surrender whatever I have for the benefit and the glory of what's growing or what I have or the blessing that God has entrusted me with this little beautiful human boy or girl, whichever season of mothering you are in, it is an act of surrender. Um, So yes, servanthood, but in addition to our Mother's Day tribute, a mother's surrender. Yeah, and, and 
in this conversation, you know, we could be like, oh, here we go. It's just going to be about moms. Well, yeah, it is going to be about moms because today's Mother's Day. However, 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 there's something that we can learn as a disciple and as a follower of Jesus in light of mom. And I would argue, Kelly and I would argue, it's the heart of servanthood and it's the sacrificial giving of yourself Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. So we can learn a lot. Leadership, the conversation of understanding, following and discipling after Jesus, we can learn a lot about a mom by how she serves. In fact, the Bible talks about servanthood over and over and over again because it is the central theme of the life of Jesus. If you know the scripture in Mark 10, 45, it says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. So when we're serving, don't forget we also, in order to truly serve, if we're talking about servanthood, we have to learn how to truly surrender. If you don't know how to surrender, you don't know how to serve. Because servant, servanthood is giving of yourself, and it's, it's a form of surrender. It's a form of saying, you know what, this is not my life to live necessarily. This is my life to give. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just receive, receive, receive. I, I want to give. And, and so when you look at surrendering, a man or a woman who has made Jesus their Lord, that, that usually is the central theme of their life, is a heart of surrender. If you become like Jesus, which is the goal, then you become selfless. And I've talked about this over and over and over again. It's not, it's not my way, it's God's way. So God, I don't want to do it my way. I don't want to even parent my way. I don't want to uh, think my own way. I don't want to live my own. I, I want it to be your way. And so there is a form of surrender in that, a deep surrender as mm-hmm. we follow Jesus, as we disciple him in the heart of servanthood. Yeah, so it's not my way, it's your way, and that to me is painted so perfectly. If you have your Bibles, you can open up to Mark chapter 9, verses 35 is what I'm going to read to you really quick, and it says this. We got a lot of scripture, by the way, so you'll be turning around. Bear with us, but we're in Mark right now. So 35 says, sitting down, Jesus called the 12, said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. That alone just speaks volumes. Let me read it. I want to read it one more time just to make sure you caught it. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last in the sermon of all. That means God's kingdom, the way he sees servanthood looks different than the way the kingdom here on this earth looks. It is drastically shifted different. It is not the way that we see the hierarchy. If I'm a king here in this world, it's I'm the king, you're going to serve me, right? God's kingdom is flipped upside down. He's saying, no, I came to serve. I came to do. I came to wash your feet. What you need, I want to be that for you. I am just the, I'm a humble king. Goodness, he came down on a, a lamb. And how humble is that when we expected him in our own world? He should be riding in on a a chariot, something elaborate. Uh, donkey, sorry, lamb. A donkey, Ryan, lamb, yeah. Donkey, yes, thank you. My butter half helping me out here. Um, so he came down on a donkey, and the beautiful picture is we expected, like I just said, a chariot or an elaborate horse or something extravagant, and he said, I'm just coming to serve. Don't look at me as this thing, even though I am, and I deserve the glory and I deserve the honor, but I'm here to serve. It looks different. And as a mother today, if you're a mother in the room, I want to ask you, what does that look like to you? What does servanthood look like to you in your day-to-day, in your mundane, 
in the coming and the going, what does that look like to you humbly? Something that um, Sam and I in our house like to joke around a lot about is um, just this quote that leaders eat last. And I don't know if you've heard the nursery rhyme of the mama bear and the baby bear and the daddy bear where they're preparing their food and daddy bear's soup or porridge or whatever, it's hot. And it's like, ah, daddy bear's soup is hot because he got it right away. That's my interpretation. And then baby bears is just right because mom took the time to necessarily blow on it, make sure the temperature is good, make sure it's squared away. But then mama bears is cold because she's serving the household. She's serving her family. She's tending to her family. And even sometimes I joke, I probably tell Maddie this all the time of like, I've given up coffee, hot coffee, because after the second time reheating it, it's not good anymore. I don't want to enjoy it. So give me all the iced coffee all day because as a mom, I can consume it better that way. But it's because I'd rather serve those around me more than enjoy the hot coffee or the hot food, whatever it is. I'd rather serve them. So Simon Sinek in his book, Leaders Eat Last, say you can easily judge the character of a man or woman because, come on, we're not just talking servanthood just to the women today. We're calling out for you men too. You can easily judge the character of a man or woman by how he treats those who can do nothing for him. So think of the people in your life that can give you absolutely nothing. How do you present the kingdom of God to them? How do you display God's righteousness, his love, his mercy, knowing if you sit there and have a conversation with somebody, take time out of your day, whatever it may be, wherever you find yourself in that servanthood moment, and knowing you walk away and say, just like a balloon, God, I'm going to let it go. It's yours. I don't need to receive anything from this person because, God, you're going to be moving through me and speaking through me. And, and the servanthood posture is just leaned in and not expecting something in return, right? So even as children, um, Lenya, Zoe, when they're first born, they couldn't give me anything other than smiles and coos, and I love them for that all day, and I'll take all the smiles and coos. But it took a servant heart and a servant posture to say, I'm going to wake up at 3 a.m., 1 a.m., 12 a.m., whatever a.m. hour in the dark of the night to say, I'm going to feed you, I'm going to rock you, I'm going to do whatever it takes because even though you can't give me financial stability right now, you can't come and mop the floors, you can't do all the things that are making me pull my hair out because time is just going so fast, I'll do it regardless because I love you that much and I will serve you that much. And just as Jesus examples it to us, he is the perfect example of what that servant leadership should look like. So the scripture says then in Philippians 2, verses 3 to 7, do mm. nothing, nothing, nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. And that's like the perfect description, by the way, of a mom, right? <laughs> like, and, and the coming and the going and all of those, like, there, there's times, yeah. I'll be honest, if I can just confess this morning, I am not a morning person, no. like, at all. I'm, no. like, up too late, I'm scrolling on my phone, I'm watching something, I get, like, a second win, I want to work out, it's, like, 11, 8, 11 p.m. And then I wake up in the morning, and it's still early, like, you know, 6.30 is still kind of early, 7 a.m., that's pretty early for me. And um, Kelly's, like, downstairs with the girls, and, like, I can hear Lenya laughing, and, and I'm, like, oh, my gosh, like, Day in and day, and she was like up three times during the night, like feeding Zoe. And I'm just like, man, like the, the heart, she teaches me a lot about servanthood. 
She teaches me a lot about what it means to sacrificially give. And so we can learn a lot by our moms. We can learn a lot by, by the posture and the presence and the character of Jesus by ridding ourselves. And it says, not looking for your own interest, mm -hmm. but each of you to the interest of your others. Verse 5, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of, as Christ, who by in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So we're talking about God in flesh, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he did not take advantage of that to yeah. be served. He rid himself. He became humble. He surrendered. He became a servant. Rather, he made himself nothing. And another version says he emptied everything out by taking the very nature of a servant and by being made in the human likeness. Can I hit on that really quick for the moms on please, the emptied him everything do. out? That part, I made sure to highlight that because sometimes when we're giving, doesn't it feel like we're giving out of emptiness? Sometimes what we don't have, we're exhausted, we're tired. We're like, where do we pull from this? Can I just encourage you moms? It's not from your own might because there's been moments and seasons where I've sat there and I'm like, I have literally nothing to give, Lord. Somebody better take these kids. They're screaming, Sam, walk away. I got nothing to give. I'm at my end, nothing. And that's just me being honest and real. There are moments where you just are tired. And can the encouragement be that you're not pulling from something that is going to just make you feel empty again, that you're pulling from the well of Jesus, the deep well that you've spent time building, the deep well that you've actually sacrificially set time aside. Sometimes it may be waking up at 4.30 in the morning before the rest of the world wakes up and opening your Bible, reading in scripture. It may not speak to you in that very moment, but down the road, those words that you read are going to fill up that well that you've been building and give you like that song and what Sam was just saying, that fresh wind. It's going to give you that fresh wind, that breath of God, that ruah. That's what that means, that breath to let you know, hey, I can keep pushing through. So even out of the emptiness, you're not empty if you're pulling that deep well with Jesus and you're reminding yourself, not from your own might, but from his that you're giving of. Absolutely. So look at what the scripture says then in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. It says, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So in other words, when we, when we live our lives, what, what are you preaching about yourself? Is it about God or is it about you? Are, are you living for others or are you living for the applause of man? Are you doing things so that people can recognize you and see you? Or are you doing it in such a way as a servant who doesn't need to be seen to, in full surrender to God and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live out what I preach and, and this is going to embody who I am. For what we preach is not ourselves. So, by the way, and, and my mom did a phenomenal, for those who are in the woe on the, on the, on the team, and if you want to be on the team, you can come to woe come at like 10, 15. Anyway, my mom gave a woe, and she said something that, it just, it reminded me over and over and over again, like, my mom would annoy me so much with God, honestly, like, all the time. And when I was younger, like, in, 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 uh, in junior high, you know, I needed that, where I'm like, yeah, you know, I had to go to a certain junior high that I couldn't go to, and I was supposed to go to Briggs, but I went to Magnolia, but I, I met Come Kelly. Come on, you met me there. And Come so on. I was so sad, like, when I would go, and my mom would remind me who I was in Christ. And she would pray over me. She was saying, God's going to be with you. You're going to be okay. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, I'm going to be okay. I was like, but when you're, like, a sophomore and a junior and a senior in high school, 
I, I just remember I just wanted to talk to my mom. Like, hey, mom, you know, this, this, this thing happened with this girl, and I just don't know, you know, talking about Kelly. She's like, always brings God up in it. And I'm like, mom, just talk to me like a normal mom does. <laughs> and she didn't have the words to say, but, but to her, that was, that was normal. To her, Jesus was everything that she did, everything that she said pointed me back to Jesus. And so for her, that's what the scripture is trying to say. For what we preach is not ourselves. She wasn't trying to teach me a psychological term. She wasn't trying to teach me something that the world might have taught her. She was trying to show me every moment she could. It's Jesus, Sammy. It's Jesus. He's the cornerstone. You go to him. He will strengthen you. He will be with you. And because of that, I, 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 I'm foundational. When I fall, and I do, I know where to go. Because it's like that little voice of my mom, like, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. Even as a grown man, like a couple of months ago, I called her and I was going through some stuff. And I'm like, mom, I don't really know what to do. And she's like, well, don't you forget who God is. Don't, and I'm like, yes, Patty. now that I'm older, I'm like, yes, mom, I needed to be reminded of that. So we can rid ourselves so much in your own intellect, in your own knowledge, if we would just point people to Jesus Mm -hmm. will be doing them the best service ever. And that's hard for me because I like psychology. I like different terms. I love all of those things. But at the end of the day, it's, it's the fear of God that is the beginning of wisdom. So when I was young, I mean, that would just would annoy me. So I, I, have, I have some stuff that I wanted to pull up. And I have been going on this, like, research rampant, especially I finished, you know, my, my, my school. So I'm like, what's next? What do I do? And I'm like, I want to focus on families. I want to research. I want to study. I want to know what it's like to be a father like the father is. And so I've just been, like, in conversations as I, as I meet with other pastors, as I see parenting. I want to know how to parent really well, not in the way the world does it, but the way that God does it, right? The way that he has called us to do it. So... Um, there's some statistics I just wanted to show you about mothers and how they go to a particular support system. So if we have that slide, Matt, could you put it up? Mm. I don't know if you can see this. I'll try to get out of the way. These are mothers that are the most, mothers are the most important source of support for their children. And this comes from the survey of Center on American Life. So you can look this up. This wasn't just random numbers put together. I want to show you the percentage who say when they were growing up, they were most likely to turn to their, and look at the, for black men, it was 46% went to their moms. For Hispanic men, 43% went to their moms. White women, 42. White men, 41. Black women, 40. Hispanic women, 36. Asian or Pacific Islander, 30. Overwhelm. Do you see how overwhelming that is? And this is what hurts me. This isn't a Father's Day message, but just for the fathers for a moment. Look at how sad that is. And so the reason why the mother and the father unit is so crucial yeah. is because God is doing something as a mother, as you're a mother, and as you're a father, he's doing something for the child. God is for the family. Mm -hmm. And so it breaks my heart when I see that as a side note, like, dang, guys don't go to their dads? but they'll go to mom. And so that's why moms, like, like yeah, I think we, moms need to step up too. Yeah. Not, not just in, in the sense of like serving, because you do a great job at that, but it's like when your son or daughter comes to you, where are you pointing them? Where do you point them? Because they're going to go to you. That's what the statistic, that's what it says over and over. You know, like on, on all of the, 
This is a, a Mother's Day. Every year you could do this because it's so true. Whenever, like, someone wins a championship or, like, they're in the Super Bowl, they're always like, hey, shout out to my mom. I don't know if you see it. Go back and watch. But they always want to recognize their mom first, especially those that, that like, in the football community, within the black, the black community, their moms are there and the fathers are not. And so they're always like, it's my mom. I want to recognize my mom. I, mom, I did it, you know. But it's because as a child they were so nurtured and loved by their mom that, that she was the main support system. Yeah. Is that, is that okay? I mean, that, that's like, I just want you to, like, get your mind there. And then here's another thing um, that I wanted to show. In the first 1,000 days, so, by the way, if you have your phone, you can look this up on yourself, on your own. It's called the worldneedsafather.org. Look it up. I mean, Great. this, like, free resource, uh, these guys should pay a lot of money to just get this stuff out. The world needs a father. And there's resource after resource after resource of teaching fathers and mothers how to properly train up your children. So this is what I found in that study. On the first 1,000 days, so what's the math on that? A couple of the first three like years three maybe? Three years, give or take. The mom is the most crucial part of the relationship between um, mom and, and son or daughter. So I want to show you this. It says this, before four, you need two years of 15 to 30 hours per week of quality stimulation. So this is, you, you can't read all of it, but I want to show you, if you were to zoom in on the love and the nurture versus deprivation, I want to read you what a health, this is a, a cat scan, I'm sorry, a pet scan of, of a child's brain in the first 1,000 mm -hmm. days, and it says this for a healthy brain. This pet scan of the brain of a normal child shows regions of high red and low blue and black activity. At birth, only primitive structures such as the brain stem, which is the center, are fully functional. In regions like the temporal lobes, early childhood experiences wire the circuits. So what that means is when you nurture and the mom is there, and gosh, I, I could go like on this for so long because it's so good. It is so crucial because your baby's brain is literally growing because of the mother's nurture. So let me show you what it says on the opposite, on the contrary, for an abused brain. The PET scan of the brain of a Romanian orphan who was institutionalized shortly after birth shows the effect of extreme deprivation in infancy. The temporal lobes which is the top, which, is, which regulates the emotions and receives input from the senses, are nearly, are nearly uh, quiescent. Did I say that right? Probably not. Such children suffer emotional and cognitive problems. Do you see what, what, what the studies is trying to show us? Is that from zero to five, the first 1,000 years, zero to three, right? The main contributors is that you would bring emotional stability in the environment for a mother to a child. That there would be intimacy through breastfeeding, this is what it says, hugging and intimate eye contact. That literally gets your little, the baby's brain stimulated and it grows and it gets healthy when you do these things. Brain boosting through reading and games and nurture and care, which speaking emotions, so a child only really will function and understand the emotions of the mom. So a mom that's mean and hard and rude, a dad that's not there, imagine the little child's brain developing in the first 1,000 days. You guys good with this? <laughs> so 
There is something significant about a mom being there with her child. And I could even say it this way. The deprivation of a child that cries for prolonged times, there's something that happens to the brain. So Kelly, and I see this, and I'm like, man, this is wild. Like, it's just in front of me. Like, it almost bothered me a little bit. Can I be honest? When we first had Lenya, like, how she, it was just, it was just Lenny, it was just Lenny, it was just, and I'm like, hey, what about me, right? There was like that in, own insecurity that God had to do on me, but as I took a step back, I said, no, that's how God created my wife. Yeah. God put that in the mom to be that loving and that nurturing and that caring because God knew what it does to the little infant's brain. Mm-hmm. So it's powerful. It's powerful, completely. And if you keep going on to the impact of a mother, we have another slide that breaks down the essential years of the mother's impact. And I don't know if Maggie has it up there, but it's from years zero to five. Literally everything Sammy is saying is those are the moments where mom, you have the most impact, the emotional impact, the confidence impact in your child. So many things that you are not only speaking, but you're modeling things that you are living, things that you are encouraging your little ones into. And so I want to read this to you really quick. So Charles Spurgeon said this. So he's known as the Prince of Preachers. Okay, did you guys see that before I move on to what Charles Spurgeon said? Can we pause on it for really quick? Absolutely. Look at the father impact too. (laughs) (laughs) I got to speak to the dads. This will be for Father's Day message, so come back for this. Look at the father impact. But look how important the mom's impact is. I can show you in psychology where mother wounds come from and where father wounds come from. And a mom's wound will come in years zero to five. That's why it's so crucial. The love, the the servant, I am, this is not about me and I anymore. This is about this baby. So I'm going to love, I'm going to nurture. And as a father, I I have to champion Kelly in that. Because there's going to be a point where Mm -hmm. she has to champion me as I raise Lenya. We do it together, but it's talking about the impact and how crucial it is in those years. But sorry, Kel, go ahead. No, don't apologize. Come on. It's the family unit. It's both Anna. It's mother and father. So mothers, fathers, we both have a crucial part to play, yes? We have an impact, whether it's intellectual in those zero to five years, basic competencies, physicals. There's a call to more for all of us and how we're raising, how we're rearing, what we're doing. So then back to Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers. He said this, motherhood is a ministry, an assignment from God that has no end. No end. Can you say it again? Because it's so good. Absolutely. Motherhood is a ministry, an assignment from God that has no end. So God's entrusted you with these children from the moment they land in your arms. Moms and dads too. But I'm speaking to moms right now. It has no end at all that will be your child for the rest of your life forever you don't get to clock out it's your dna it's yours but can i just say this also you don't have to be serving always when we think of like motherhood when I think of motherhood ministry for me it was a choice for Sam and I for me to be home with our girls because I pursued education I got my master's degree in education I was teaching fourth graders and then we had a conversation of what does it look like to 
motherhood is my ministry. What does that look like for us? For us. Um, and I got to make the decision to lay down what I thought I was called to, to surrender to what I am called to from God in a time span. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go back to it. That doesn't mean I'm not called back to it because God has something for me in the education system for fourth graders. But this quote, motherhood is a ministry. So don't let anyone sell you short of that, moms. That the time you're putting into your kids, it matters. The nights when moms who are working, you come home and you're depleted and you're exhausted. You can push through from that well you're pulling from, right? And you can show your kids the love of Jesus because it is your ministry. God has entrusted and anointed you and appointed you to those children specifically. So then this, you don't have to be serving out of the home to be in ministry. Ministry in the home is as important, but not more important than ministry out of the home. Did you catch that? I'm going to read it one more time. You don't have to be serving out of the home to be in ministry. Ministry in the home is as important, not, if not more important than ministry out of your home. With that being said, God has entrusted you to the kids that you have, the children that you're bringing. The surrender of how you serve looks different. I can tell you before I had kids, I got to choose where I wanted to go eat whenever I wanted. <laughs> However, 10 p.m., whatever time, I got to choose the loudest Buffalo Wild Wings. You know how they bump the music really loud? We got to go to Buffalo Wild Wings and not worry about, is it too loud for our kids' ears? We got to choose and do whatever we wanted. Go walks on the beach at night. We even say, like, to all the, the parents, and you, you know exactly what it's like, what's the point of even going out? Yeah. Like, what's the point? Why are we doing this? we still this? try. We still try. We hold on to that hope. But, yes, it is hard. And we got to do it how we saw fit. And then the kids come on the scene, and you don't get to do it the way that you thought. Wow. Servanthood. I get to serve my kids, and I don't get to choose where I want to go to eat. I don't get to go on walks at the beach at night. There's a kid falling asleep and asleep in their bed at night. I don't get to go just drive to whatever because I want coffee at 10 p.m. Yes, I drink coffee at night. Don't judge me. I don't get to do those things because my responsibility, the role, has shifted. I am a servant to not only the family unit that we've created, but the unit that we're building and interested in. And so there's a poem by William Ross Wallace entitled, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the One That Rules the World. Just sit on that. I remember when Zoe and Lenya, my, my uh, grandpa, he's very good at woodworking, and he made a beautiful, ornate wooden cradle. And it would sit on the side of our bed, and he made it so I could rock. And I would just sit there, please go back to sleep. Please go back to sleep. But the beautiful lesson that was taught is when they don't go back to sleep, I'm still rocking the cradle and controlling that. And that beautiful moment of like, you have the ability to shape and shift the culture of what you're raising up from the moment their head hits that cradle to the moment they learn how to walk to the moment they learn how to do all these things. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Yeah. You have power in how you raise your little. Yeah, and there's a, there's a famous quote attributed by a man named Andy Stanley, and he said this, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do, but someone, but someone you raise. Yes. Not something you do, but someone you raise. So I want to just, as we come to a close, the word ministry, we hear that a lot, right? Ministry, ministry, ministry. That word actually, when you translate it, is simply service. Yeah. It's to serve. 
It's to serve even to go deeper. It's to serve as a slave. And so when, when we're serving, no matter the capacity that we're in as a mother, as a father, as, as a friend, as a friend and, and somebody in your life, like we're, we're, we're taking on the posture of Jesus and the character of who he is and say it's much better to serve you than to be served. Yeah. So remember, Jesus uses this language over and over and over again. Paul uses this language as well. We need to get comfortable with the word ministry. Ministry isn't just a person preaching on a Sunday or playing an instrument or opening up a Bible and doing Bible study. Ministry is every ounce of who you are, day in and day out, day in and day out showing Jesus to the world. Yeah. And, and even if it's just showing Jesus to your little children, right? So remember, the word ministry is to serve. In the New Testament, ministry is seen as service to God and to other people in his name. Jesus provided the pattern for Christian ministry. He came not to receive service, but to give it. So here it is as we come to a close. Regardless if you're a mother, if you're a father, if you're a son or a daughter, whoever you are, we as disciples are called to serve sacrificially with full surrender, all of our hearts, every ounce of who we are, to serve, to love and to care for, and to lower ourselves of pride, which, by the way, will get in the way. Every time. And we must become selfless. Yeah. Scripture says, this is Jesus, for who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table, but I am among you as one who serves? Again, the kingdom of heaven looks incredibly different when it comes to service with Jesus. So moms, do not disregard the call over your life. Please don't. I can tell you right now, my mom's not perfect. We know that for, for you who know her. We know she's not perfect. She's but I love, I love that woman so much. I am a mama's boy. I'll be a mama's boy for the rest of my life. And I can tell you right now, the way that my mind thinks and processes, the way that I receive security and affirmation, the way that I take in emotions is because of my mother's selfless, relentless love and service to me as her son. I was shaped in those zero to five years with emotional stability, having a firm, secure attachment because my mom was there and she loved me. And I could, like, my brain was developing. My emotions were growing. And so I could walk on a school campus because my mom said, you're a leader. I could do things that I didn't think I could do because my mom said, no, don't forget the God who's in you. Yeah. There's something powerful about a mother's voice. Mm -hmm. And if it is because of that mother that loves God and then that mother that speaks life into their child, mm -hmm. then it's like that, that's the firm, secure foundation that we all should aspire to look to. So moms, you're doing a phenomenal job, especially the single moms in the room. We know who you are. We see what you're doing. We want to support you. We know that God will do great and exceedingly and amazing things in your son or daughter's lives because of your sacrifice. Absolutely. Because of your sacrifice. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, could we, um, could we stand? Oh, how about this? How about this? How about this? Um, moms. Moms. Could you stand, moms? Sorry, Marvin. You're like, all right, bro. <laughs> Moms, could you stand? We have some gifts that we want to give to the moms. So where, wherever the ushers are at, could you guys come on forward? Um, we, we as a team put this together. We wanted to honor you. We wanted to serve you. Yes. 
So the, so the ushers are going to come down to, um, to the aisles and just hand you this, this gift to say, you're amazing. You deserve the gift. You deserve to be honored on a day like today. All your hard work. And then, if I could do this, because um, we want to honor time, and we know you guys want to go get lunch and stuff. Um, Genesis, hey, Genesis, she, she packaged on, some stuff Genesis. for some moms. So, um, Myra, could we bring those gifts up, too? Or So, there's 10 gifts, and obviously, um, I don't think there's just 10 moms in the room. So, we want to, let's do this. Who are first-time moms? Like, you're a, raise your hand, like. This is your first. First time mom. First time mom. Thomas, can you hand those to the first time moms? You're incredible. Raise your hand. Who else? Raise it high. Raise it proud. We want to see it. (laughs) Awesome. Um, What about in the back too? Right back here? Oh, there's three back there? Okay, Thomas, how much more is in there outside of three? There's five more. Um, who drove the furthest from here? That's a mom. That's a mom. Any, any, any far drive? Where'd you drive from? Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Okay, let's give one oh, wow. to her. Who, who else? I know we have. Who else? Who else drove, drove pretty far to get here to church today? That's a mom. Anyone else? I'm like, like outside of Chino or Pomona or Ontario or Chino Hills. Amber. You already, no, no, no. We want to give you another one. No, you get another. You get a double portion. Double portion. Triple portion. Double blessing. Come on. Um, what, what else to, to give to? Because um, we have like four more. We have four more. How about the first four moms that come up and grab one? Um. Let's do this. What about the single moms? Single moms. Single moms. Let's let's hand these out to the single moms. And if if we don't have enough, we'll give you more. We will give you more. Okay, and then are we doing the the gift card giveaway? Do we have like who the winner is for that? Do we know who the winner is for that? I'm confused. Where? There should be a box that we pull from. Oh. Oh, there's a box. Oh wow. Dang. You guys are awesome. That was quick. So fast. All right. Really quick. I was told to announce this. A lot of people entered, but you can only claim the gift if you're here. If you're here. So I'm warning you now. If you're not here, I'm going to the next. Okay? All right. Eileen Flores. Eileen Flores. My sister in love. My sister in love. Here you go, Eileen. Thomas, or somebody, Becky, can you take that to Eileen? Thank you. She's right back there. Awesome. We're going we're gonna to finish in worship. Now we can all stand. Would you guys yeah. stand with us? We love um, the family unit. We love you moms. We're grateful for you. Um, and if you have a resentment or if there's stuff that's happened within you and mom, I would encourage you to, uh, to reach out to her, to call her, to apologize to say, Mom, I love you. Despite all the things that have happened, I still love you, Mom. I'm grateful for you and for raising me. Yeah. And um, reach out to your mom. Let God heal your heart in that way if, if there's tension there.
Um, but will you, will you pray with me as we finish with this song? Jesus, we're so grateful, God, for, for your servant heart. That, God, you have given us the greatest model of what servant leadership looks like. It's not the way the world does it, but it's the way that your kingdom calls us to serve. And that's to sacrificially give of our lives and our heart and our soul to you. So I pray for any person in this room that is going through whatever and they're like, God, I don't know what to do. Well, serve. Give. Find Jesus. Follow Jesus. Walk with Jesus and know that he has a plan and a purpose for your life.